The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, guiding your gridiron journey none other than your host, former NFL lineman Ross Tucker. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, which, which means we have the great Greg Cosell from NFL Films in the house. It's our last game to break down for a long time, but that's the beauty of Greg Cosell. I haven't even decided yet. Next week, we'll either start to dive into the top quarterbacks for the 2024 NFL Draft. Or perhaps I'll just get some thoughts from Greg on some of the schematic takeaways from the 2023 NFL season. I got to work backwards from the draft, see how many times we have Greg before the 2024 NFL draft, which is like, what, two and a half months away? Not even. It'll be here before you know it in a flash. I also forgot to pick a spread the word winner or a sponsor confirmation email winner, although I'm not sure we had any. I'd have to check. For both of those, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You know how I feel about our sponsors like WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. I do have a YouTube shout out. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. More and more people checking us out over there. Brian Bandana. Brian Bandana. Email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And let me know exactly what you want, who you want the video shout out for. It's pretty cool. I just record it on my phone and then email it to you. So you have a video from me giving whoever you want a shout out just for subscribing and commenting over at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Patron of the day, Craig Howe. What a year for patrons. Awesome. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. It's always mixed emotions here. I'm sad that it's our last game where you're going to tell me stuff I didn't see when I watched the, the, the TV copy. But I also love your prospect breakdowns for the draft. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited and sad at the same time. Um, let's start with, I, I, I want to make sure we get all your good stuff, right? So what 
What was your number one takeaway <laughs> from the Super Bowl or what jumped out to you? Like when you wrote down your notes watching the game, what were some of the things that you thought were really interesting in the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl? Well, that's a hard question. I took eight pages of notes. It took me, I, I watched the each side for, you know, it took me seven hours to do both sides. Um, you know, I think it was really a defensive game more than anything else. Um, you know, I guess I wasn't surprised by uh, Steve Spagnuolo's approach. It was a lot of man coverage. It was a lot of pressure. I think they had eight or nine snaps, Ross, of zero, which is a lot. As you know, there are teams in the league that don't play one snap of zero all season long. And, he, and of course, he had eight or nine, but he does play zero coverage. Um, you know, I think I was really, I don't want to say surprised, but I thought it was really a good thing early on the way the 49ers played their run. I thought they did some different things with their fronts, which um, impacted how the uh, the Chiefs blocked, particularly in their gap scheme runs, their man-blocking run schemes, uh, and the run game for the Chiefs was not really a big factor in the game. Um, I thought that the Chiefs went into this game clearly knowing that their two offensive tackles, left tackle Donovan Smith and right tackle Jawan Taylor, could not pass protect one-on-one. -on -one. And right from the beginning of the game, they were very, very heavy on chips. Uh, they did that pretty much throughout the game. The times they didn't do it were times when it was quicker throws. Um, so I thought that was a big factor in the game because that changes the way you, you can run your pass game because those two players that are chippers are, are not primary route runners. Um, so those are a couple of things, and there'll probably be more as we're talking, but those were some things that really stood out to me as I, as I watched the tape. Love it. Um, a couple of things that, that jumped out to me. Um, curious to get your thoughts. I saw where Spag said that they were playing more zone early, but felt like Purdy had a pretty good beat on it, so they yeah. played more man later. And it's interesting, too, what you said about the amount of cover zero that they played, which, just for, for just so people know, if you ever hear cover one, there's one deep safety in the middle of the field. Everybody else is man-to-man. -man, but you still have that deep safety in the middle of the field, right? Cover two um, is sort of different. You know, nobody's really playing man they're all kind of in a different space, but you can still, there's two deep. Whatever, whatever you hear, like cover three, there's three guys that are responsible to be deep. Cover four, same thing. So cover zero, you really don't do that, Greg, unless you think your corners are pretty good and, and you have pretty, yeah. and you have some faith in your, I mean, if you really well, are concerned about your corners, you're not putting them in cover zero very much at all. I mean, it's a touchdown. Yeah, well, to play off what you just said about what Spag said, and obviously he knows more than you or I, but it was one thing, one tactic that 49ers showed early, and I think this might be one reason why he decided to, to play more man pretty quickly, by the way, um, is that the 49ers, with the deployment of motion and formations, were expanding the defense horizontally, and that creates voids in coverage and zone. So I think he saw them doing that. You know, he... Uh, Purdy hit Ayuk for 18 yards on the first play of the second possession. That was an early example where they expanded the defense horizontally with motion and formations. And I think that Spags probably started to feel before it got out of hand that, hey, if we're going to play zone, they have an early answer for that. And so, you know what? If we start playing man, that answer goes away. So, you know, he started to play more man pretty quickly. 
I, uh, a couple of things I thought, and I want to get your take, Greg. Thought overall, Purdy played pretty well, and and it felt like he played better than he did against the Packers and the Lions. What did you see? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I thought he had a tough third quarter. There was a stretch in the third quarter where I thought he didn't see things as clearly. There were some late throws, some poor reads, but overall, I thought that uh, given the amount of pressure and the amount of man coverage, I thought he played well. Um, you know, the the run game for both teams, which I think we all expected to be a meaningful factor in the game, uh, was not a big factor. I mean, I know that uh, McCaffrey ended up with a meaningful number of carries, and later in the game he had a couple of important runs, but I believe his long run was 11 yards. And um, normally the 49ers get explosive runs. They had the most explosive runs all season with McCaffrey. I thought Spags did a really good job with his fronts. Um, there were some 6-1 fronts. There were multiple front looks. He obviously played more base, meaning they had four defensive backs and three linebackers on the field, more base than he may have in any game this year. I didn't check every single game, but obviously the Niners, with their use of 21 personnel with two backs and Juszczyk being the second back, they played that on 54% of their offensive snaps. So clearly Spags played a lot of base, although he didn't do it on every, he didn't do it every time they were in 21, by the way. Uh, but he did it obviously a good amount. So he was very multiple with his front looks. And I think that, um, I don't want to say it confused the 49ers because I don't know that, but I think that it just, it, it makes it, look, you're an offensive lineman. When, when there's multiple front looks, you know, you have to start making adjustments with your hand on the ground, you know, staring at the defense. And that's not, you know, not so easy. The worst thing you can do is just line up in the same thing every play because then when you're breaking the huddle, you already know what your assignment is and you're mentally right. ready. You know, if you get the guys up there in their stance and they got to be looking and they got to be thinking, that's then they're thinking about who they're going to block, Greg, as opposed to the, the, their, the mental concentration being how they're going to do it. You right. know, I can remember 2003 against the Jets. They just played 3-4 the whole game. So right. we got up to the line of scrimmage, and as soon as the play was called in the huddle, I was thinking about, okay, I got to take this footwork, get down low. If you, I could really focus on what my technique was going to be, whereas if you get up to the line of scrimmage and they're moving around or you don't know what they're going to be in, right. you, you, you're not thinking about your technique at all. You don't have time to think about your technique or focus on that. You're, you're just making sure you get the right – now, obviously – you're hopeful that your technique will be good, but it's not. It's like if you have a mental checklist, you're not able to go through that. And you know, you don't have time. The, the yeah. and, and you know, in a game like this, that's so close. You know, obviously, you, every play becomes magnified, and there's little plays throughout the game. We're not going to start going through individual plays because people can't see them. You know, but but there's little plays that really stood out to me uh, because of of fronts and because of of the way. Both teams played defensively that I thought were really interesting in the game. I thought it was, I mean, look, the Chiefs did not really move the ball. The Chiefs scored two offensive touchdowns, and one came after the muffed punt when uh, the 49ers went uh, right at the snap of the ball, went to a cover three, and I think Gibson, the safety, he was the field safety. I think he needed to rotate a little more into the middle of the field uh, and because it became pitch and catch from Mahomes to Valdez Scantling. But, you know, they were not really moving the ball. They were not running it. Mahomes, Mahomes through the early part of the game, did what Mahomes often does. And, and is he moved when he didn't need to? Um, and there were no big plays that resulted from that. So, 
you know, I thought they settled down really well as you got midway through the third quarter into the fourth and certainly through the overtime where he played with much more timing, rhythm. The ball came out. I don't I, I hate to use the cliche he took what the defense gave him. But the point is, you know, you have to do that. If they're going to give you a seven yard throw and they're going to give it to you, you got to throw that. I mean, and they started to do that. So, uh, man, so much good stuff here, Greg. This is what I love. I only had one note. Ask Greg about the Super Bowl. And now I've got <laughs> like four more notes of things I want to ask you about based on just the conversation we're having. I do need to make sure everyone knows, though, that whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy because you need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind. And you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce, other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Go ahead and have a Labatt Blue Light while you're doing that. That's what I'll be having early and often this weekend. My first off weekend uh, should be uh, fantastic. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Okay, a few specific things here, Greg. One of which is, do you think it's a fair critique, in particular in the second half and in the third quarter, that the Niners got away from the run game? There was not a designed run until late in the third quarter, maybe the third possession for the Niners, and I thought that was... I mean, even after the interception by Jair Brown, no runs. And then after the next series, no runs. That was frustrating for me as an offensive lineman. Felt like they had a chance to kind of try to control the game in that way. I'm I'm not exactly sure why Kyle did not do that. Yeah, I can't answer that, Ross. I mean, you know, those are hard questions because, you know, you don't know what the whole plan is. You know, it's easy to say they should run the ball. Up to that point in the game, they'd not run the ball very well at all. So, you know, maybe he's thinking, again, we don't know this. Maybe he's thinking, you know, I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. They also had some penalties. Look, the first three possessions of the third quarter, they got to third and 15, third and 11, and third and 10, okay? Now, we can debate a num- any number of things you want, and obviously, when you, you're in a very close game and you lose, everybody responds to these kinds of things. You know, what struck me on those three third down plays, those third and longs, by the way, I said 15, 11, and 10, was that the Chiefs used a spy on Purdy on all three of those long third downs. That kind of surprised me. Not that, that they used the spy tactic, but they did it on such long yardage third downs. I guess I would have not been surprised at all if it was third and four or third and five but third and 15 third and 11 and third and 10 were the were the third downs on the first three third quarter possessions by the Niners and there was a spy on all three of those plays and he tried to run on one of them and, and, and they got the spy ran him down yeah um, and well, on they one saw of them what happened well. against Detroit and Spags said we're not going to let that happen right and Willie Gay is uh he can run I mean and on he, the, the the third of those third downs, third and ten, which was the third third quarter possession, um, they played two man, and that was the play in which McDuffie played 
two-man coverage. Uh, uh, it was textbook. It was teach tape. He was on Samuel. Samuel ran the dig, um, and Purdy threw to Samuel on the dig, and McDuffie, because you know when you're playing two-man, and just so the audience knows, that means you have two deep safeties. So the actual man-to-man defenders can actually undercut or tailgate, as we say, the routes, because they have two deep safeties over the top. And McDuffie was on Samuel um, in the slot, and he he just played t- uh, man coverage in that two-man concept about as well as you could play it. It was beautiful. Two others I got for you, Greg. Uh, Dre Greenlaw going out. Now, I don't know if you have this in front of you or not, but it felt like after Greenlaw got hurt, it felt like, and again, I only watched it once, the Chiefs employed more 12 and 13 personnel which forced the Niners to have three linebackers out there. I mean, there was a bunch of plays yeah. where there was Fred Warner, Oren Burks. I don't even know the name of the other kid. I think it's number Flanagan four five. Flanagan fouls. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a bunch of plays out there. I feel like that was intentional, Greg, where it's like, hey, Greenlaw's out. Let's make them put more linebackers on the field that don't, you know, that haven't played a lot that aren't as good as him. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, I looked at that really carefully, Ross, because I knew I'd get asked that, you know, by a lot of people, and, you know, I think that if you're going to say that that had a big factor in the game, and I think your point's correct, they, you know, they, they, they probably increased incrementally, not dramatically, the number of multiple tight end personnel um, that they played, but, you know, if you're going to say that Greenlaw, that that was a huge factor, then you got to tell me not you, I'm just saying people, tell me what plays, where did you see that? Because I looked for that really carefully. And there were a couple of run plays where I thought that, hey, if Greenlaw was in the game, there might have been a different result. But, you know, to me, that becomes obvious. Greenlaw is a better player than the guys who (laughs) replaced him. So obviously, is there a a slight change? Uh, And maybe it's a meaningful one? Yes. But I can't point to one or two plays and say, aha, if Greenlaw was in the game, that would not have happened. You know, I can't do that. What about, um, I think what I was really disappointed about is the two biggest plays of the game for the Niners offensively. The third down after the two-minute warning in regulation. You're talking about where McDuffie knocked down the pass? Yep, and then the third down near the goal line where nobody blocked Chris Jones. So there was obviously a mental error on the Chris Jones play. And I want to know what happened on the McDuffie play because he's either picked up, like somebody's supposed to block well, him, here, you or want they're to, supposed you, to have a better quick answer if McDuffie did have a better quick answer. Let me try to walk through it as quickly as I can and as visually as I can, okay? It was the only play in the game in which the Chiefs played with seven defensive backs, okay? They had two down linemen, two linebackers, and seven defensive backs. McCaffrey shifted out of the backfield to kind of a split wing alignment. Kittle was the only one in the backfield. And obviously he doesn't line up there at, in the backfield a ton. So he may not be as, as good a pass protector from the backfield. Now, when you only have two down linemen, two linebackers, and seven DBs, you're an O-lineman. Identifying the five guys that the offensive line is going to block is a little more uh, detailed than it is if there's you know a normal situation, as you know. So they identified Connor, who's a safety, as the fifth rusher, and he aligned to the side of Kittle. Now, Kittle stayed to that side. Now, people could say Kittle should have crossed the formation to get McDuffie. Maybe he should have. We don't know all their protection calls. But I will say this. 
McDuffie came, and obviously he was clean, and Purdy should have gone to Ayuk on the slant from the slot, not to Jennings on the slant from outside. And if he had gone to, to Ayuk on the slant from the slot, the McDuffie blitz, even though he was clean through the B-gap, would not have been a factor at all, and they wouldn't would have gotten the first down. And Christian McCaffrey was, was open, too. Yeah, but obviously he was throwing behind the blitz. Right, they right, had right, that right. side of the formation taken care of. And then on the other play, on third and four, that was a breakdown. I believe that it was uh, the right guard, uh, Burford, who uh, who uh, made the mistake on that one. Um, so that's, again, without walking through that whole thing, I believe it was Burford, the right guard, who ended up having to play 44 snaps in the game because Feliciano was in and out of the lineup uh, due to injury. And by the way, that's, that's the, in my mind, that's the way it should work, Greg. If you have multiple mental errors in situations like that, you should lose the game. That's just my opinion. Yeah, like, and, I, and, I think they're unacceptable. Look, you know how it is. If you're a fan of the Niners, you know you can you start second guessing every single play. Look, I walked out of the stadium, and and fortunately I could walk back to my hotel because I was close. And again, it was raw for 49ers fans. And all I'm hearing from 49er fans is, "Oh, you got to get rid of Shanahan. He stinks. He just can't win these games. We need a new coach." I mean, you know, that's what you get. Of course, check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. He's the man. Greg, that was awesome. Looking forward to next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Really appreciate it. Gosh, Greg is so good. I wanted to talk to him about the Hall of Fame. Still haven't had a chance to even to tell you guys about my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that probably next week if I don't get to it the rest of the show. Because I want to tell you about westshorehome.com slash Ross. How about a guaranteed autograph for me? If all you do is go and get the free estimate... For a company I've now worked with twice, not once, but twice. Pretty good indicator of how I feel about them, right? Like if we didn't love the upstairs bathroom and shower, probably wouldn't have had them do my front door, but I did. I like that you guys like to see what my house looks like on the inside or what the front door looks like. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. If you've ever even thought about maybe new window, windows, maybe a new door, or maybe new showers or bathtubs or whatever, just check out what they got over at westshorehome.com slash Ross. Tux takes. All right, Ross, really awful news. 21 people injured and one killed in a mass shooting at the Chiefs parade yesterday. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, really, really tough. Never quite sure what to say. In these situations, you know, my daughters heard about this and they just kept asking me why. And I don't have a good answer. And I think that that's really concerning, disappointing, frustrating. For whatever reason, it feels like when you talk about subjects like this, it gets politicized or for some reason it's polarizing. I, I don't know what could possibly be polarizing about kids getting shot at a parade in the middle of the day. I'm not smart enough to know what the answer is or to know what the solution is, but I'm also 
not naive or stupid enough to think that we can just do nothing. So whatever it is that you think is the reasoning behind this, and I know different people have different opinions, I guess I would just encourage you to maybe take some steps, whatever you think they are, to try to, to, try to help our country in this area. No matter what you think the problem is, and obviously there is a problem. So let's try to fix it however you think you can do little things to fix it. And I'll do the same. Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo gets a contract extension while the 49ers, they fire defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Isn't that wild, by the way? I mean, that's just absolutely wild that you can, you know, the guy that won it gets a big money contract extension. He's probably the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league now. The guy that lost the Super Bowl, he loses his job. Did you know, Jack, that your heart attack risk can more than double when your home team is playing? That's why we're encouraging all sports fans to learn about their personal heart risk factors so they can keep their hearts in the game. Heart disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. due to the often invisible risk factors. One in five heart attacks occur with no recognizable signs or warning. Moreover, having conditions such as diabetes or high blood pressure can increase your chance of a heart attack by up to 2x. To help educate on those risks, Bear Aspirin created the Bear Aspirin Heart Health Risk Assessment Tool. The tool quickly assesses an individual's personal risk of developing cardiovascular disease so they can discuss their heart health risk factors with a healthcare professional as part of ongoing health management. Learn more and assess your risk factors at checkyourheartrisks.com. I would just say this. Spags obviously had a fantastic year and is deserving of it. Whereas Wilkes, I thought he did a decent job in the Super Bowl. This was obviously about more than just that, right? Like down the stretch, they did not play to their ability. They did not play. I think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan probably felt like they had too much talent to be playing the way they did, especially like against the Packers and the Lions in the playoffs. By the way, 123.4 million people watched the Super Bowl on average. That is just an absolutely bananas, bananas number. That'll also do it for us here this week on the new Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll be back bright and early on Monday. But remember, there's the Fantasy Feast, the College Draft, the Even Money Podcast, if you're missing your boy over the next couple of days. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out MyFrontPageStory.com. You guys know how I feel about it. Yeah, Valentine's Day is over, but birthdays, anniversaries, a work colleague, uh, your grandmother, grandparent, what an unbelievable grandparent gift. Unbelievable. Backofficeschedule.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, pizza boy brewing.